Welcome to Food for Thought, the feel-good nutrition program that feeds your mind, body and soul. Join us every week for a jam-packed show filled with delicious recipes, nutrition tips and inspiring stories from experts and everyday people. Whether you're a foodie, health nut or just looking to improve your overall well-being, we've got something for everyone. So tune in and let us satisfy your hunger for knowledge, one bite at a time. Food for Thought, the perfect dish for a healthy lifestyle on 3WBC 94.1 FM. And never give up. That is Sia, a nice one to start the day. Welcome to Big Life Conversation. You are here with Nicole and Barbara for the next two hours. We've got a fun show lined up for you. But just to let you know before the news or just after the news, we wanted to give you some weather uh, this one comes from my iWatch, actually. <laughs> Not the Bureau of Meteorology, um, but that is where it feeds into. But it is currently 30 degrees. Uh, it was a low of 22 and a high of 30. So we've had a nice warm one. I think summer's showing itself. So that was quite nice. And before that, before us, we had uh, Tiny Tim playing his hits as he does every Monday. Uh, gets us into the groove for our show today. Um, how are you, lovely Barbara? I'm very well, thank you, Nicole. And apologies for a bit of a mad panic start on my part because the traffic is appalling. How are you? <laughs> oh, it is. School traffic is uh, starting to cause a little bit of havoc on the road. It Lots is. of buses to get here to the studio and you get stuck behind them. Yes, or a tram, of course, we can't move at all. We and have then trams road works as well. And, the whole and some road works. Yes. And there's also buildings going on. Yes, so it's all a combination of those sorts of things. So we have to time it carefully because we have we our little drive time slot for you all today. Exactly. Um, We had a a pretty cool weekend, though, um, in particular yesterday. We did, indeed. We saw the wonderful, well, we had um, the wonderful Geraldine in last week. Geraldine Turner, yes. Geraldine Turner, who is starring in... Agatha Christie's Mousetrap. And uh, we As were, Mrs. Boyle, the we quite were, obnoxious Mrs. Boyle. Yes, she was good. She was, she was the great. hustly bustly character, but we were lucky to get along to see that Um last night yes. and uh, it feels so long ago <laughs> uh, and a wonderful wonderful production lovely characters some really fun characters yes. some really interesting characters and directed by the brilliant Robin Nevin and yes. um, an ending that we shall not talk about no we're not allowed to we've been sworn to secrecy and apparently they do this or they've been doing this every time after every production back in London and wherever they take it um, and uh, so, yes, we, spoiler alert, we're not allowed to tell, so we should be very careful when we do review it, perhaps a little bit late in more detail. But, uh, yeah, highly recommend it. It's running just for a few weeks down at the comedy, that, that lovely old theatre. And, yes. Um, yes, Jerry Connolly in the cast and um, Anna O'Burney, a great cast. Um, and I don't think that it had really dated. I mean, it is, it's over 70 years old, but I, it still gets you in. I mean, I don't, I, did it you find did, that? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And what I actually loved about it, because it was a period piece. Yes. You know, it is set in the 60s. Or maybe 50s. 50s post-war-ish post-war-ish sort of and in the Britain, English, yeah, in English, yeah. English accent in an English yes. house. So um, everyone's sort of stuck to that part, mm. um, even the music. 
Um, That sounded very very Agatha Christie from some of her previous um, shows on television anyway. Mm. So um, really good production. Get along to it. We loved it. Yes, um, and I think that um, if you haven't seen it, get, as a, you, know, you might not be able to get yourself to London, but you know, try and get yourself down to the Comedy Theatre because uh, it is well worth the effort. And uh, a classic whodunit. And um, I'll talk a, bit, a little bit later about the um, Agatha Christie series on TV about her life, which is also intriguing. It is. Mm. And because we spoke about that yesterday, I had a little glimpse of that oh, good. last yes. night. And, uh, yes, interesting. And mm. I want to know more. I did start it, yes. but I need to go back. And yep. I didn't realise there's actually quite a few. Episodes, oh, about three, but no, a very interesting upbringing yeah. and um, household, very creative household yes. that she came from there as well. Exactly. So, and she had her own share of sadness in her life, very privileged in some ways, but also she had a share of tragedy. But yeah, anyway, just a uh, Quite an amazing woman, actually. So, yes, um, yeah, yes. We'll talk a bit more about that a bit later. Yeah, absolutely. Now, we have guests today. Speaking have, of amazing women. We do. We And we always like to talk with amazing women. <laughs> and we think most women are amazing anyway with what they do and um, exactly. uh, put up with sometimes. <laughs> um, we have two guests. And um, our first today is... Um, Sian, is that how you say it? I have to check, check with her. She's possibly Shan. Shan. Because I know she spells it the same way as Shan Pryor, the, the yes. journalist. Um, and I'm, I mean, we can check with her. But uh, yes, Dr. Shan Mitchell, that's right. Now, she is the uh, director of the 7th Melbourne Women in Film Festival, which is coming on at ACME this week, running from February the 23rd to the 27th. And uh, she's going to tell us all about that. Um, and uh, it's all very timely, of course. Our movies are on our minds at the moment with the BAFTAs uh, having been announced just uh, overnight, BAFTA Awards, and we can mention that a bit later, and also the Oscars on oh, their way too. Oh, yes. I'm mm. looking forward to both of those and getting some good movie viewing yes. happening as well. And you've got an interesting second guest too. Oh, we do. We do. We have um, a wonderful woman who has set up an amazing um platform to connect women and it's all around health and well-being which is right up my alley Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's a a platform to both coach educate and connect women on topics around motherhood so everything Mm -hmm. from the start of that journey right through and beyond and um, there's some wonderful work going on there and I've become one of the Lafig sages uh, on this platform but we're going to meet the co-founder and CEO um, Melissa Farrar or Mel and she's a mother of two little boys um, and she grew up in a small village in Corsica in France um, where women look after each other and also raise their children together and uh, and I think she's got sort of a wealth of experience that has led her to building this platform that has recently been launched so we're going to hear all about that um, later after five so um, two really interesting guests one on the entertainment front one on the health front. So um, we like to, to have a big life conversation here um, on 94.1 3WBC FM. You're here with Nicole and Barbara. And a cheerio um, or a hello Let's to do some Jacinta. cheerios. Yes. yes. Jacinta, who's uh, sadly a colleague who can't be with us today, but uh, we wish her well and we're hoping to see her soon. Absolutely. And I'd like to do a little shout out to my mum who's been in hospital yes. for a little while and uh, hopefully checking out on for a good um, 
for a good while, but um, thinking of you, Mum, and to my sister who might also be listening in as well. So yes, thinking of you, and we'll play a few tunes for you as well. Uh, so we've got a couple of tunes coming up, and um, obviously some guests, some and birthdays. we'll do some birthdays. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe we could do the birthdays before we have our song. Oh, don't we? Let's have a couple of birthdays. Some musical ones that you might want to hear about. George Harrison, the late great, and also Johnny Cash, the late great. We're Pisces time now, Nicole, too. So, Ooh. Yes, that's it. You know, those um, fabulous fish people. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, also um, Kurt, the, the late great Kurt Cobain, the late great Nina Simone. Uh, so we're surrounded by them, actually. Ooh, a lot, actually. And I think mm-hmm. there's a few birthdays in my network, uh, including my late dad, who was mm. the 24th of February. So he was a Pisces oh, as yes. well. Very fond of the, the fish folk. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so happy birthday to all of them and uh, have a great uh, day, week, month and year. And on a sadder note, um, speaking of people that we've lost... Um, Raquel Welsh left us at the age of 82. Yeah. And, um, yes, I must admit, uh, we were talking about it uh, the other night, weren't we? Um, I um, thought that perhaps she was just a, you know, a great face and body, but there was more to her than met the eye um, in terms of the fact that she was actually quite an accomplished singer and dancer. She was no, she was no fool. And uh, I'm just, I remember thinking, oh, perhaps I have been misjudging her, as you often tend to do, the stereotypes. She was the only bunny girl, apparently, who posed without being completely naked because she did it, apparently, according to my partner, Joseph, uh, apparently she said, some things are just private, so to yes. speak. So she was a Virgo, so fair enough. And, um, yeah, and she was fantastic did in a little style. cameo. Yes, a cameo role in Seinfeld as a real prima donna actress and a real diva. Um, but, yeah, so – but I you, were ta- you and I were talking about um, – that film she was in, uh, Fantastic Voyage, um, all those years ago. So that was I really enjoyed that. Uh, yeah, so, no, yeah. some good movies and a beautiful woman. But yes, a lot more to her than what meets the eye. Indeed. Uh, uh, Rest in Absolutely. It's twenty-one minutes past four o'clock. You're on Big Life Conversation with Nicole and Barbara. Let's have another tune. This is a, a little bit of a goldie old, golden oldie to keep you moving. Not not too old actually, <laughs> but um, my son would say so. <laughs> <laughs> What a feeling. Irene Cara, a golden oldie. I remember that one. Uh, a goodie, but an oldie. Yes, and <laughs> From the she, 80s. Yeah, she sadly left us not that long ago too. No, it was a little yeah. bit sad, that one, wasn't sad, it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's some great music to remember her by, so thank you for that. Nice one, nice one. I have a, a couple of little uh, articles from our friends at The Shovel, oh, a yes. satirical we website laugh, that we, we? <laughs> love so much. Uh, again, not the views of the show <laughs> or the people on it. Um, this one is interesting because I know a couple of weeks ago I spoke about children's lunchboxes and what to contain within them. Oh, yes. And uh, just some of the parents saying, oh, if I see another beautiful post about lunchboxes I'm going to scream because their kid doesn't eat this and doesn't eat that and white foods this and white foods that. Yeah. Anyway, this one's more about water and this is titled Dad Tells Awestruck Children a story of how he survived the entire school day without his 1.5 litre water bottle. <laughs> children from around the neighbourhood gathered today to hear Dad Tom Haywood tell the seemingly inconceivable tale of how he used to go from 8.30am to 3.30pm each weekday without a 1.5 litre water bottle um, at his side <laughs> at all times. But it's just not possible, Mr Haywood, all the children cried as the 41-year-old recounted how he managed to survive on nothing but a drink of water at a water fountain before school, <laughs> during recess, during lunch and after school. 
cool. That's only four drinks in a seven-hour period. How did you go for so long? That's child abuse, they screamed. That's the 80s, he corrected them, detailing how often there was only a trickle of water running out of a fountain which students had to line up to get. But what if you didn't get to the front of the line in time, the children asked, dumbfounded. You waited until the next break, he said, to audible gasps. And then there wasn't any air conditioning back then either, he said, as the children laughed, getting now that he had been joking all along. Boom, boom. So, um, uh, yes, there are still drinking taps. Believe it or not. <laughs> um, yeah, so sort of, you know, I think, you know, must bring hat, must bring water bottle, must bring sunscreen, must bring um, a lunchbox with no packaging in, um, must bring nude food, must have now a brain food snack at 9.30 um, is also another prerequisite. Oh, yes. uh, so, you know, how did we manage in the 70s and 80s. Indeed. Do you remember those, <laughs> those rather unpleasant incidents sometimes at the water fountain where people would be jockeying for position or sometimes being a little bit too rough and chipped teeth and all that sort of thing? Do you remember those days? Oh, I know. Mm. Mm. Yeah, mm. so you have to be very careful. But we are lucky, though, that we're in a country where we can't, there is water available on tap. Mm. Um, yeah, so, and sadly, these days, of course, at home you have to pay for it, but maybe it makes us appreciate it a bit more. I know that my habits have changed in, in terms of, even if there's some water left over, a dish soaking we don't throw it down the sink. We possibly just take it to the garden or whatever. I'm just, I'm very mindful of all that sort of thing now. Um, and not, not just because of the uh, the cost of things, but also because um, it is a precious resource, isn't it? It is. It is indeed. And maybe it's the change up is because we're so busy now and kids are so busy now that they do forget yes. to eat and drink. Exactly. And so having the water bottle is a nice reminder for us to ensure that we drink. That is true. Um, that is true. And I know for me, it, it is a reminder. You can get sort of stuck into your work day or whatever it is you're focused on and, and can forget. So yes. having it close by um, can be helpful but having something that is uh, yes uh, not um, a single use plastic that's for sure um, exactly. and that's recyclable glass or metal in uh, my eyes is best so yes. that is all good uh, it is 4.30 on Big Life Conversation you're with Nicole and Barbara and we're coming up shortly to uh, be having our first guest um, looking forward to speaking with her about the wonderful um, work that she's doing um, in the entertainment space for women. Um, so, Barbara, can you tell us a little bit more about our guest? Yes, well, um, Dr. Sean Mitchell, as I said, is uh, the director of the Melbourne Women Film Festival, um, which is um, coming up at ACME, the, um, the seventh year in a row, which is uh, no mean feat. And, um, yeah, so... Uh, that is quite a fascinating program. She's a lecturer in film, television and animation at Deakin University and um, she apparently delights in the opportunity to work with the next generation of screen storytellers and creative practitioners. Um, she's got a PhD in film studies and a master's in cultural heritage and museum studies and her research in areas of Australian and women's screen practice has been published in journals and industry blogs including Historic Environment, People Journal and the AFI Research Collection. And uh, most of all, she apparently loves finding and sharing incredible stories made for the screen with others. So uh, very much looking forward to having a, a stimulating chat with uh, Dr. Mitchell. And that's just coming up after this tune. Uh, it's 4.31, Big Life Conversation. You're here with Nicole and Barbara.
And that's Missing Peace by Vance Joy. We do like him here on Big Life Conversation. Uh, it's 34 minutes past four o'clock. Uh, you're with Nicole and Barbara, and we have our first guest on the line. Um, welcome to the show, Sian Mitchell. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Looking forward to um, speaking with you about your great projects that you've got coming up. Yes, it's Barbara oh, here, Sean. Yeah, thank, thank you, Sean. Sorry, thank you so much for taking time out to speak with us. You must have a, a busy time ahead of you with uh, this fascinating sounding um, uh, Melbourne um, Women uh, in Film Festival. And uh, the program is uh, quite amazing. Could you tell us a bit about it, please? Ah, yes. Um, yeah, it's very exciting. It opens this Thursday, so not long to go now. Very soon. Um, <laughs> very soon. At Acme, um, yes, yeah? but this is. Sorry? Sorry, it's at Acme, yeah? Yes, that's right. So in the centre of the moving image, for those of you who don't know. Okay. Yes, in Fed Square. Very yes. easy to get to. Exactly. Um, yeah, so it's, this is the seventh uh, festival that we've put on. We've been able to kind of keep going through all the lockdowns and COVID. Yeah, well done. really exciting. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, but this program we're so, so very proud of. Um, it's, it's inclusive of our beautiful, um, a beautiful opening night film called Sweet As, which is a film by a filmmaker called Job Claire, Claire who is a First Nations filmmaker from WA. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's her first feature film, and it's just a beautiful coming-of-age story uh, about a young girl called Mara who um, goes on, has been put into this sort of photo safari camp with a bunch of other at-risk teens. So it's a little bit kind of breakfast club, but oh, on yes. the road and throughout the beautiful kind of landscape of Port Hedland and, oh, and that right. area and the broom. Oh, um, and it's just, yeah, it's really, really beautiful. And in fact, Jub's just gone over to Berlin. It's screening at the Berlin Film Festival as well. Well, that's exciting. So, right. it's, yeah, it's very exciting for her. So we're very lucky to have it for our yeah, opening night. And, nice um, and also to have the, the main actor, Shante Barnes Cowan, there as well. She's going to help us introduce the film, which is really exciting. Oh, well done. That's, that's thrilling great. for her. Yeah, now, this festival is actually particularly interesting because because it features uh, the best Australian, um, as it's part of my Maori pronunciation, Aratoroa, New Zealand and Pacifica, women's and gender diverse stories on screen. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, we only sort of really focus, I suppose, on our region, mm-hmm. although we probably want to expand that a little bit at some point. But, yep. um, yeah, we have really sort of prioritised our local regions women and gender diverse filmmakers throughout our program. Mm-hmm. We started just with Australian and then sort of expanded out a little bit more because, you know, it's really nice, I think, for, for us to sort of create dialogue or help facilitate dialogue um, between the filmmakers in Australia, of course, and, and those that are working kind of very close by um, and kind of share that experience with them too. So, um, yeah, so the, the program throughout um, has little bits and pieces from some of the, the islands uh, in the Pacific, mm-hmm. um, absolutely from, and I, I don't really pronounce this very well either, I think you need a New Zealand accent for this, but I'd hear <laughs> <in> New Zealand. <laughs> yes. um, so for example, our closing night film, Kainga, is from uh, Aotearoa, so, oh, yes. so we've, we're closing with, with um, a film from, from over there as well, and it's, a, yeah, another gorgeous one, so yeah, exciting. Now, the, the purpose of the, the, the festival, I mean, as you say, it's been going for seven years. It really is um, really showcasing um, the, uh, quite an amazing um, range of work by women. And are you looking forward to the day when we won't need to have a, a women in film festival? Let's be taken as read that women are everywhere making films. Is that, is that a, a, an aim by any chance? I am looking forward to that day. I still <laughs> think we need. <laughs> I still think we need a women's film festival, yes, um, much like we have, you know, a French film festival I or a, um, a, a festival for like a Jewish film festival, and, and all of these yeah. other wonderful things. So we mm-hmm. want to showcase always. I think. Mm-hmm. 
um, the work that women are doing. And I, and and as you know, obviously we do want to aim for um, equity yes. across the industry with yeah. with the who's making which stories um, and what we see on our screens. Absolutely, but I think there's always a place to to showcase that work. That's true. But it has been up until fairly recently, and maybe it still is, something of a boys' club in terms of actual filmmaking um, and people behind the scenes and directing. Would that be fair to say, do you think? Yeah, it is fair to say, absolutely. Um, In 2015, there was a report that came out from Screen Australia where I think it was something like 16% directors were women. Oh, really? Um, that we're getting funded in certain in feature narratives and that sort of. Um, so did you say sixteen? It's not 16. sixteen. No, sixteen. One six. Same, same as the gender pay gap. I think sixteen oh, percent. Right, yes. In Australia. So that's hmm. and it has been improving a little bit. So Screen Australia kind of do these updates um, every so often on that program, um, but then you kind of look at other other roles as well, like cinematography roles that are kind of considered perhaps a little bit more technical, yeah. although I think they're still really creative. Mm. Um, so things like cinematography, and, and it gets much, much lower around those sorts of roles. And so we want to start making sure that there's visibility for women who are working in, let's say, cinematography for other women to come through, through yes. the ranks as well and, and, you know, go to film school and pick up a camera and do it for themselves too. So. Is that what you did? No, I'm an academic. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, you I love do. to analyse and critique and, and all that sort of I stuff. Do, I do, I do, I do, I do. I critique industry. <laughs> um, but uh, I did at one point think, oh, I would love to be a director. Yes. And then I kind of thought, and this is when I was very young, granted, but um, I saw what they do and the hard work that they put in. And I'm like, oh, yes. oh, maybe not. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> not for me. <laughs> Yes, well, I, I, well, I've studied a little bit of film myself a, a long, long time ago, but yes, I'm full of admiration for directors, and I mean, haven't oh, in, been involved with film making directly, but I have been involved with theatre directing, and I know that what a nightmare—it's wonderful, but it could also be a nightmare, <laughs> just in terms of all the juggling the routines. And I thought if you have to oh, worry about technical absolutely. stuff as well, I'd be tearing my hair out. What's what's left of it? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So uh, I was going to say, so so when did you actually get interested? In, were you always interested in film yourself as, as a youngster then, watching movies? Or yeah, yeah, absolutely, I was. Um, um, I was probably a little bit influenced my, from my brother too because he started working in the industry a little bit oh, um, right. to start with, yeah. um, and he still does. But um, but then, yeah, I just loved I loved my media classes at school. Yes. That was the thing that I really sort of gravitated towards. Right. And so, yeah. um, and so when I decided I didn't want to make them, then um, <laughs> you know I was sort of opened up to the world of yeah critique and analysis and screen culture and looking at things like exhibition and stuff like that, which was really interesting. Oh so yeah, fascinating. Going into there. Sure. Yeah, and then teaching as well, so teaching it too at university. Yes, yeah. exactly. Well, yeah, as I say, yeah. you're in, in the right era. I mean, for some of us, um, it was just a very new thing. I mean, uh, I went through uh, tertiary education quite some time ago, but that was quite new. Media studies was quite a new area. And, um, mm. yeah, and uh, certainly it's been blossoming over the years since then. And it's big at schools oh, now, which is great yes, as well. I've exactly. I've got a year tenner just uh, mm. discovering media at school, oh, which I enjoyed. I, I did the Hitchcocks, I think. Oh, I, remember, I think I did horror. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have much of it in my school day, I must admit. But uh, <laughs> yeah. that's in the 80s. <laughs> Mum was even earlier than that. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, but uh, I was going to ask you, uh, Sam, in terms of the, how do you go about choosing these films? I mean, uh, it's open to all comers, or is there like a selection process in terms of the, the festival? There is, and it's in a few different ways. So right. we have an open selection process for short films. So mm-hmm. filmmakers can enter their short films as long as they kind of, you know, they're eligible. So that we need women working on there or gender diverse um, filmmakers working on the yep. films. Um, and then uh, we have a shorts programming team that sort of works through those and, and selects what gets screened in the program. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and then so things like features and panels and workshops that we do, um, we curate those as a team as well around, we normally do it around a particular theme each oh, yeah. year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this year's theme is connections, which kind of, you know, probably sounds a bit vague and, and purposefully broad, so we can sort of curate around it anyway. Sure. But, um, so we've got films that kind of uh, connect to the theme um, either in, uh, perhaps thematically. Um, mm-hmm. So I mentioned Kainga, for example, where yes. it's, the film is, is eight short, sort of short stories yes. and they're all connected through um, a house in New Zealand. Yep. So it's mm-hmm. over like five decades and um, you see each, each sort of family or person or group of people who live in this house and how they kind of identify with home and belonging and place and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So that kind of fits the theme. So we chose that one because we thought it would be perfect the, both the theme, it's quite new. It, it only was released last year. Yep. Um, and, of course, the filmmakers are all pan-Asian women right. who have um, written and directed each segment. Sure. So, and so it's a great to, to do that. Yeah, so it's a mixture of genres, I gather, but there's, I mean, um, some sort of documentary stuff as well. Is that right? That's right, yeah. yeah. We've, got, oh, we've got this really interesting and beautiful um, special event where we're screening a documentary called Imagine Touch, Oh. And it's all about, it's a half hour documentary, but we've got about an hour panel with the filmmakers and artists afterwards. Mm-hmm. And it's all about um, these two deaf-blind artists who wanted to uh, put on a theatre production. Oh, really? So the, the, yeah, yeah. It's Sounds incredible. really interesting how it happens. Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, and part of their, their aim for this, this performance that they want to do is to to help kind of connect, so it kind of works with the theme again as well, yeah. connect with the audience on, on their lived experience. And so they have these kind of goggles that they use that the audience have to wear at certain points oh, wow. that kind of simulate, um, you know, blindness, mm-hmm. I guess, mm-hmm. um, to a degree anyway. Yes. Uh, and, and and so we've got these artists on the panel with the filmmakers afterwards too. So, the, so you'll see, whoever, if you come, you see them um, having the whole thing interpreted tactilely, so through their hands. And it's going to be amazing. I can't wait to sort of see it in person because I've only seen the documentary. I haven't seen it in person. It's going to be really interesting. It's something very, very different. Um, And I was going to say, it is starting up um, this Thursday, you said, the uh, the 23rd. Is that right? That's right. Yep. 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 23rd to the 27th. Which is uh, today week, yeah. So it's, it's a few days. How do people go about oh, getting right. tickets? Uh, can you just can you get a pa- you can get the passes, can't you? And there are separate sessions. You can, you've got a few ways to oh, do it. Oh yeah, you can get you can get individual tickets. You can get a full festival pass that includes opening and closing night as well. Oh, and then right. we've got a three film pass too. Um, and you can just go to our website mwff.org.au, mm-hmm. or you can also head to the ACME website, which is acmi.net.au, and there's all the tickets there as well. That's wonderful, and there's lots of other things on an ACME too, of course, as there always is. Um, yes, always. So it's always worth a visit to, uh, over there. And um, in terms of uh, your own um, situation, is the academic year to start for you, or is that just is that right? Oh no, we're gearing up. It starts. Um, it starts the week after the festival finishes. Oh, okay. Not. So that was <laughs> well timed, I guess, for you. Also. Lots of lots of prep work at the moment. Oh, okay. Yes, other yes. Things. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so, and how long have you been at Deakin then? Oh, I started. Oh, this is this is a good time to start at the beginning <laughs> of twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. 
Oh dear. Oh. <laughs> were you one of those Zoom lecturers or what were you? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I was already used to it though. Expert in media. <laughs> exactly. It, but, um, yes, of course. Yeah, I was pretty lucky because it's it's not too bad to to talk to, just to talk about film online. But I no, indeed. My colleagues who had to try to get students to make stuff. Oh, the practical stuff would have been really hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. it was. Yeah, but now we're all back, which is fantastic. So, indeed. Yeah. Um, I was going to say so. Um, are there plans? Well, as you said, you're, you're hoping this is going to continue, but it's no mean feat to have it for running for seven years anyway. So, um, as I say, congratulations to, to everyone involved with that. That's, uh, oh, thank you. That, that's really exciting. And anything else you want to tell us about um, in terms of uh, film events or anything else that uh, we should keep our eyes and ears peeled for? That, uh, uh, in, might... in the festival? Or well, the festival or just generally, whatever you, that, uh, you might uh, want to, uh, to recommend? Uh, well, if you aren't able to come to Sweet As on opening night, mm-hmm. then there is a theatrical release for that film coming up in April, I oh, believe. Oh, wow. Um, so that should get, it should be in cinemas then, and mm-hmm. I definitely recommend going to see that uh, for sure. Fantastic. That's, That's good to know as well. And, and some of these, um, as I say, well, could be up for some awards then, I gather. You mentioned that uh, you got somebody screening in Berlin, so that's... Uh, yeah, I have a feeling stuff. it'll be nominated for some actor awards. Definitely. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's wonderful. It's my tip. <laughs> your tip. You heard yes. it here. Exactly. So place your bets now. So that, yeah, that's fantastic. And so we thank you so much for, for taking some time out to talk to us. And we hope that we can get along to the best or some part of it at some point. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and uh, everyone's welcome. You don't have to be um, female or uh, gender diverse to do it. Oh, no, no. Of course, it's open to everybody. everybody. Of course. Of course. Open yes. to everybody to come and see the great work. Exactly. Yeah. And are there concessions available too for, for, for various people? Oh, of and course. Groups? Yes. Yep. So just check that out. Yep. All that yeah, on the website. Yeah. yeah, and uh, some of it obviously you, you, uh, might, might be depending on a certain audience in terms of the appropriate age groups, I guess, but you could, that's all available on the website too, all those details. Exactly, so, yeah. yes it is. Okay. Yeah. So, thank you so much, Sharon, for all that and um, all the best. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. Yes, thanks for speaking with us today and that's Sian Mitchell um, talking about the wonderful work that's going to be happening at good old Acme at Fed Square. Mm. We love Acme. Yes, thanks so much. And you're back with Big Life Conversation, Nicole and Barbara. It is nearly five o'clock and uh, getting close to having our second guests coming up just after five from La Figue. Uh, Melissa Farrar and her partner Kate, um, partner in crime from the co-founders <laughs> and CEO of La Figue. Um, and uh, we'll tell you a little bit more about that in just a moment. Um, but we have a few little Bits and pieces before that to share with you. Um, as I was saying on our lovely Facebook page today, I always have a wonderful recipe that people can go home and uh, have a look at. And uh, uh, the one tonight is for an easy Monday night dinner. It's a stir-fried Hokkien noodles with chilli sauce. Mm-hmm. If you're feeling hungry, uh, this should only take um, 10 minutes prep and 25 minutes cooking time. Um, So a very easy recipe to do. have posted that on our Facebook page, Big Life Conversation. And just to let our listeners know, if you miss a show, you can always go to our Facebook page and see our past shows podcast. You can listen to them there at your own leisure. Uh, So if you miss a guest or wanted to hear a particular segment, Check it out there as well. So um, we're uh, getting more technological as <laughs> as we as we go along as along here as well. Indeed. Um, 
But I thought I might start with a little what gets up my nose segment that yes. Barbara and I have forgotten to do over the last couple of weeks. That's what gets up my nose. We, and we that? that got up our nose <laughs> so much that it reminded us to do our what gets up our nose. Um, and uh, mine today is, is courtesy of the hospital system, uh, mm. which has been looking after my mum. Um, and I know that they are struggling out out there at the moment and staff is short. But um, sometimes when you come into hospital unwell and then you're told to leave hospital but with no instruction and equally as unwell, mm. uh, that can be a strange situation. Very stressful. Uh, and especially if you don't live close to the hospital. Um, so I'm not loving that at the moment. That is getting mm. up my nose, especially when you've got local care that's very, very detailed and very supportive. I mean, that's what makes my day is having, yes. you know, a local doctor and GP or a clinic that's very focused on your health and well-being and sends you to a hospital to be cared for. Uh, but once you get to the hospital, then you have to go through the, the rigmarole that is at hospital, you know, a day waiting to be admitted, um, people working out where you're supposed to sit, you know, are you in mm. this department or this department yes. or this department, exactly. um, trying to work out what's going on, being there on a weekend, that all gets up my nose. Yes, indeed. Um, and as you said, what makes your days uh, when, you, when you experience the reverse and people are being supportive and helpful? Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And, and local healthcare, I think, is also uh, under strain, but they can still um, have the time to pick up the phone and check in and see how you are. That's right. And I guess for a lot of us who, who are not, well, I mean, you have a little to do with the health system, obviously, with your line of work, but um, for some of us, the whole idea of going into hospital or having much to do with hospitals, it can be quite intimidating, it can be quite unnerving. It's really like a, a world, it, well, it's a world into itself, isn't it? Until you it actually is. need to deal with it. You um, And we're very lucky that we have a we have our problems with this health, uh, the health system, obviously. We have a good health system, yes. But compared to some other parts of the world, we are, we are doing a lot better, but that's not to say we can't improve. Um, but I think that a lot of perhaps people working in within that environment, they... They are in, in some ways, mother, of course, because of the hard work they do, but they are in some, sometimes in a bit of a bubble and perhaps, you know, they, they take it as read a lot of the things. Of course, they have to um, not sort of get uh, too freaked out themselves. They, they have to deal with a lot of uh, traumatic situations. But for someone who's an outsider and a, a lay person, it can be a, a real shock to the system. It is. And, um, yeah. Because it's a little, little organisation. It is. It's a little planet. On its own. Yes. Exactly. And it, and it yeah. is a system and there's processes and protocols and, exactly. and we're not privy to those. But um, no, sometimes just a little bit of communication can go a long way. Um, and uh, I think the nursing staff do amazing. Uh, I think the doctors are stretched. But, um, yes. I think having a bit of a plan in place before you leave is is obviously a uh, a good idea. It's a good idea because, <laughs> as you say, um, we know that the you know, beds are in um, short supply and, and so are so are staff. But if you can get a, a decent plan going, it's it's possibly going to reduce your chance of coming back again um, and you know causing more dramas for for yourself and for your family and friends and for the hospital itself. So. Um, yes, as you say, letting people go home perhaps sooner than they should or without sufficient instruction is uh, not the, the best plan. No. Um, no. What gets up your nose? Right. Well, where do I begin? I, look, it's just a simple <laughs> thing, but it's a basic thing. And um, I, mean, I, I, I just get frustrated because um, I'm just really tired of litter bugs, Nicole, oh. near where I live. Yeah. Oh. Yes, in particular. And I'm thinking, what, why is it? Virtually every day I'm picking up litter that's blown into our garden. 
I pick up stuff that's in the street that I've had nothing to do with. Um, and uh, I'm thinking, I don't understand why it's so hard for people to, uh, to take the rubbish with them um, or, you know, w- or whatever. Um, or, you know, have a, have a carry, a, have a bag, you know, with them in, inside their own backpack or whatever. Somebody said, oh, it's the school kids, it's the school kids. It may be the school kids, but the school kids learn from their parents, their guardians, and from the school. Um, you know, what you know what what is appropriate behaviour and what is. And I'm thinking, um, it's it's a, it's really tedious. And, <clears throat> excuse me, and it's just very frustrating. <clears throat> excuse me, and I thought to myself, if I had a dollar for every time I picked up a piece of rubbish, oh. um, yeah, it was one of those things. I could get shout myself a, a very nice overseas holiday. Uh, yeah, so well, uh, we we have mm. a similar kind of blow-in factor on yes. my driveway, often on rubbish day or rubbish and collection. We day. do have teens on either side of us, <clears> but <throat> I, I I don't okay. have any facts for that. Right. But sometimes it's the garbologist that comes yes. along. It's not always a and uh, they. Sometimes are very messy in their yep. uh, uh, removal, and then things get just plonked. Yes, um, exactly. And then they blow, and then you've That's got right. a driveway full of of goof that yes. you haven't put there in the first place. Exactly. So look, I know we are lucky to have it. Yes, we are grateful for a, a garbage collection service, and um, yeah, I know that some places don't have that either. But you know, as I say, if you're going to do that, guys, you know, people, please. You know, just uh, just don't leave, make things look worse than than before you arrived. And we want yes. to try and reduce waste anyway, yes, so exactly. avoiding packaging wherever we can, exactly, so that we don't have that issue. So that is so yeah. true. So yeah, yeah that, that's another thing. Is that I guess the onus falls back on us too um, for that. For that, um, and what what makes my day? Well, people um, who don't do that kind of thing, and people who do actually care about you know where their rubbish goes and. And don't just throw stuff out of the car window or whatever it might be. Or, or, as you say, recycle their rubbish or put it in, in the correct container. Um, but also on a lighter note, totally unrelated to this, I really got my spirits lifted today when I saw a Dalmatian dog. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, and I know we were out the other day, you and she said, and I, we saw a Dalmatian puppy when we were down in St Kilda. We were. And that always makes my heart leap and reminds me of a beautiful Dalmatian puppies. that I used to have. And yes, we, we love our dogs. You'll we get me every heads. day if yes. you start me talking about my doggo. Yes, exactly. Who has his own Instagram page, oh, mind popular, you. He? He's a celebrity. <laughs> Hound, oh, I think we just like <laughs> taking photos, so we're just sharing them with the world as other people do He's as well. He's very photogenic. <laughs> Speaking yes. of um, animals on Instagram as well, yes. one that annoys my family, but I actually take a lot of joy from. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're an Instagram follower of any kind of pet out there, but um, I love Freddie the Ringneck I parrot. Freddie the Ringneck. Freddie the Ringneck is a parrot that talks to his um, owner right. um, and he's quite is he? colourful. He's green. Oh, he's beautiful. And he's yes. very, he is a beautiful boy. And really smart. Um, and very smart Thank and uh, just makes me laugh. If you're looking for a little bit of joy, you can actually <laughs> try <laughs> type in Freddie the Ringneck Freddy and just see whatever the latest um, babblings are from him. <laughs> um, so much so that, you know, I've seen him in other posts where he's being filmed with other birds oh, really? and they're looking at the mirror and poking at the mirror and sort of talking to the mirror mm-hmm. and he's actually turning his head around looking at them going what are you doing <laughs> what are you doing like looking at them in the face like what are you doing but not what are you doing to the mirror what are you doing to their face and they're like i, I don't know what you're talking about um which is, which is absolutely <laughs> hilarious so yeah tonic if you're having a Bit of a blur day. It, or not. <laughs> it is quite quite a little tonic there as well. Thank you for that. Speaking of all things social, um, I have another little article from the shovel. Oh, yes. Um, so, are you a person that does scroll through Instagram or social media a lot, Barbara? Occasionally. 
Okay. I have been known to get a little bit indulged in (laughs) the social media, just like things that might cheer me up, such as those animal ones as well. Um, Well, this post is about uh, something that I observe quite regularly, and it's titled, Couples Mix Things Up by Going Out to a Restaurant to Scroll Through Their Phones. (laughs) A Sydney couple who usually spend Friday nights at home on the couch scrolling through their phones have decided to do something a little different this weekend, (laughs) heading to a cool little restaurant to scroll scroll through their phones there. The couple said that their busy lifestyles, with their busy lifestyles, it was important to um, schedule one-on-one time for catch-ups. Catching up on the notifications that have come through in the 20 minutes or so since they left home, Bridget29 (laughs) explained. You just get so used to sitting, looking at your phone at home all week. It's great to see what the phone looks like in a totally different setting. Partner Nick agreed, after a long week, it's nice to just get out of the house, go somewhere for a bit of a buzz and have a few drinks and spend a few hours looking at a small screen. You really can't do that anywhere else. Nick said the restaurant had a great atmosphere, it got a real buzz and the fit outs are really nice. At least that's according to the review I read while I was there the last time. I actually never looked at it myself. So, um, yes, point taken and you actually make, make an interesting Point two, Nicola. I have heard of restaurants where people, uh, certain um, restaurants where they have been trying. I know this is actually being very successful, but they have tried to implement a, a hand your phone in when you get, arrive at the restaurant uh, routine. So, hmm, because yes. people are complaining about people not just looking at their phones, but actually having loud conversations on their phones and uh, kind of wrecking it for the for others who might have been out for a romantic or other um, you know, pleasant social occasion. <laughs> yes, I agree. Mm. I agree. All right, it is uh, coming up to um, 10 minutes past five o'clock and uh, it's almost time for our next guest. And we're going to be talking about to the founder and CEO of La Figue. La Figue is an Australian women's community platform offering coaching, support and education throughout the journey to motherhood and beyond. Um, It's a place where you can get and give and receive support, embrace change, navigate life stages and transitions um, and ultimately be the best version of you. So we're going to hopefully be speaking to um, both the uh, two people involved in that just after this tune. So we'll be back with you in just a moment. You're on Big Life Conversation 94.1 FM. And that was In Her Eyes by Jungle Giants, a nice little relaxing tune for this Monday evening. You're on Big Life Conversation with Barbara and Nicole. It is 13 minutes past eight and we have our second guests on the line, the wonderful um, Melissa Farrar and... Kate. Uh, Melissa is the co-founder and CEO of LaFig and Kate is the co-founder and CMO of LaFig and we're both lucky enough to have them online to talk about this wonderful women's community and platform. Welcome to the show ladies. Thanks Nicole. Lovely to have you you with us. Yeah you can hear you nice and clearly which is Mm. fantastic. Um, So tell us a little bit about LaFig and and how it all sort of got started. Well I'll um, I'll happily start with that one. Thanks Nicole for having us. So LaFig was actually launched very recently just about two weeks ago so it's still early days for us. We're really excited to uh, bring to Australia and New Zealand this community and a digital platform for women to, um, to connect 
um, have really meaningful conversations with like-minded women and be able to get support from holistic well-being specialists. Yeah, look, um, it's, it's been very exciting. I've just mentioned on air earlier that um, I've been part of that in the uh, early stages just as one of the support people, one of the sages. Yeah. Uh, and we're all really excited about the bringing together of so many wonderful specialist people. Yes, well, that's the idea, to really bring together um, a big group of, of uh, practitioners who can really support women, especially um, in the early stages of, um, you know, pregnancy and, and motherhood when it, the support is the most needed. Yeah, absolutely, because Lefig specialises in a certain part of that journey, doesn't it? Absolutely. So we, for now, we're really focusing on... Um, the fertility journey, so when women are, are thinking of trying to conceive or actively trying to conceive, um, all the way through to pregnancy, postnatal and motherhood. So, so we'll focus on those stages initially, yes. Yeah, that's fantastic. And a, and a very sort of can be, for, for many women, a very stressful stage, for others not so much. <laughs> um, but I know, you know, thinking about my own story, um, it can be a very stressful and long process. And sometimes you don't know where to go for support. So what a wonderful um, idea to bring that all together. So how did you sort of get started with it all, Melissa? Um, well, as you can notice from my accent, I was not born in Australia. Yeah. Or in Australia. Beautiful accent. <laughs> Thank you. Um, even though I've been, um, you know, I've been here for over 13 years now, I've got my beautiful husband and two young boys in, in Sydney, and I'm really lucky to call Australia home. But my family, my parents, my closest friends, my childhood friends, they're all in Europe. So um, when I first, when I had my first boys, and um, my postnatal journey was like for so many other women, um, very lonely. Mm. Even though I had a, you know, amazing support, my in-laws are absolutely incredible. I've got beautiful friends here, but you know, we live in Australia is a very busy country. People have busy lives, and um, it's a fast pace it for is. for a lot of people. So when you are on that journey of trying to conceive motherhood, um, you know, you can feel sometimes a little bit isolated and like you have no one to talk to. Mm. Um, and especially so, since it's always, you know, it's always something that is very hush-hush for a long time too. You know, it's people don't talk about those things until they're actually pregnant and well down the road, you know, but um, if that journey is is challenging, often there's there's not much conversation about that or can be a lack of conversation around that. No, well, that's yeah, that's very true, and and I find I found that you know I thought I was prepared for it, and I <laughs> and I tried to prepare for it, but just you know, it's only when it actually happens to you um, that you understand, truly understand you know, what exactly you need, and you know, as you would know, every journey is so different as well. So, um, what you you know, what could have happened to your little girlfriend or your sister may not happen to you and you could have a completely different experience. Mm, so yeah. everything is so unique. Yeah. And so tell us a little bit about what 
we can see on the platform and, and how the support works through the platform? Yeah, well, Kate, maybe you want to... Kate's the guru yeah, there. <laughs> sure, I'd love to. So we, I'm Kate, nice to meet you all and thank you for having us. Um, we have 17 areas of specialty, so everything from mental health, nutrition, um, fitness. Uh, we've tried to touch on essentially every area that a woman would need support in through her journey. Um, we have almost 30 practitioners on board that um, support those 17 areas of specialty and we offer a number of different services. So um, the SAGE support comes one-on-one, so you can either buy an individual session or a package. We've also got group coaching, which is designed to allow women to, I suppose, access a, a, our specialist SAGEs within a, a, an intimate group setting. And then we've got our roundtable group conversations, which we've actually just kicked off for our launch campaign. We're running free access to to the roundtables. So they're also quite intimate in nature. They're up to 25 um, women per per session, and they're facilitated by um, our wellbeing specialists. And they're on, again, a broad range of topics that support women through through those stages. So as Mel mentioned, starting, starting your journey, um, trying to conceive pregnancy postnatal. The other um, stage that we also support is grief and loss, which is something yes. when I personally experienced miscarriage and it was oh. a very, very traumatic um, yeah, experience. And I very similar to Mel, as she mentioned, she felt very alone and isolated. I obviously had a very different experience to what she did, but the feelings were very similar. Mm. Um, it's, a good, yeah. it's a good important area as well and, and to connect women that might have had similar experiences and having that shared experience, I think, is super important. And, Absolutely. Um, and the, the platform's online, isn't it? So, you know, it, it doesn't matter where you're located within Australia. And I, is, it, is it just Australia that you're focused in at? Is it also New Zealand? And New Zealand. Mm. New Zealand. Yeah, New Zealand and Australia. So, and it's entirely online. This stage, it's entirely online. Um, we have the, the other part of the, the platform, which is also super important to us, is Fem Connect, which is our digital community for women. Um, so it's, it's free to join. You can set up your profile and you can ultimately connect with like-minded women and set up the time to connect with them. Um, you can search by, by life stage what you want to chat about or a topic of conversation that's of interest to you. Yes. Um, mm. So a great way, as you mentioned, to be able to connect and talk to women who, who have experienced what you've experienced. Absolutely. And I can imagine also good for not only feeling isolated, sometimes you can feel isolated amongst a whole lot of people, mm. but um, if you're also geographically isolated, um, that can be amazing um, support network as well. I know that, you know, we get our... Um, lobbed into our um, uh, mothers groups when we first have have a, a child in Australia, and and you, you know you don't get to pick your your mothers group, and and some mothers group you know really connect together, and others not so much. Um, mm-hmm. But having a, a separate forum outside of that where you can choose who you're selecting with and and who you can connect with. Uh, and getting support where it might be really difficult to leave home, I guess. And often having little little people yeah, can be very tricky sometimes to manage, as as parents know. Um, so I really love love the um, the idea of that as well. 
And can I ask, it's Barbara here, it's, it's an all-female contingent, is that right, in terms of your, your consultants, is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Okay, no. So it's, it's a part of the sisterhood by the sound of it as well. <laughs> it is great. Absolutely. And so what's your ultimate p- purpose if we think about, you know, this this platform and we've you've you've just launched is there a a place that ultimately you want to to get to around, you know, how it ultimately works and connects women? Well, I may I may answer that one. Um Look, for, for now, really, the, the purpose of Las Vegas is to recreate that feeling of being part of something, part of the of the village, and that was really what helped us shape what the platform looks like. We wanted people to be able to connect with wise women, that we call sages on the platform, so people who have um, experience and the wisdom. Um, to, to support the members and then other members that is through Fan Connect. So we really want to continue and, and, and get a message out there so that a lot of women get to enjoy the benefits of being part of that modern village. Because mm. I, I personally think that, um, you know, it works really well. I, I grew up myself in a very you know, tiny village of people <laughs> yeah. and 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 we had those women we had those wise women who were looking after us they yes. were you know all the kids playing together and they were they were teaching us things and they were looking after us nurturing us yes. and it, it, it just has incredible benefits not just on the kids but on on the on the mother mm. because they feel less pressure to do it all themselves that's right that's right. Um, I think we so used think to do that quite well, like with, with extended families yes. and communities. And I think Aunts we've lost and the grandmas and all that. Yeah, we've lost connection with that. And I think it's uh, a nice way to do that. And, and as you said, this is the modern day version That's of it. that. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. we can't. We can't. Um, as much as I would love to recreate that village, like it's impossible. People yeah. live everywhere. And, and like I said, like it's such a busy life that we live now. So if we can find ways through a big platform to give that feeling and that relief to some mothers and some women who are going through something quite challenging and knowing that they have people they can talk to, they don't need to spend hours Googling you know, what kind of practitioner can help me. Yeah. You know, we want LASIC to be that destination where they know um, that we have curated for them Absolutely incredible practitioners who have the right qualifications, the right credentials, that they will be able to give them the support that they deserve and they don't have to spend hours, um, you know, looking for that person. We yes. want to give them quick answers because they are time poor yes. and we understand that. Yes, absolutely. And Kate, you were also mentioning that obviously there's a number of different ways that you can do that. Um, you can have some one-on-one time, which is sort of a more concentrated time versus, you know, uh, group sessions um, where you're sharing with other uh, groups. Um, and then you've got the round tables, which I know you uh, have been talking about at the moment. So um, I was just looking at uh, the website, you know, browsing through the Sages or Fem Connect, picking a person you want to talk with, select one of the offerings, book a time that suits and connect over a, a video call or a chat. So you don't have to do video if that doesn't suit you. You can obviously use um, and, and call as well. 
So yep. you've got a couple of roundtables coming up. Do you want to talk about what's coming up um, at the moment that people could um, get a feel for for what you do? Absolutely. So we um, all our roundtables, like Kate mentioned, we we offering them for free. Um, there is a discount code that we put up on the website. So. Um, We've got the next one on Wednesday, actually, at uh, 11 a.m. Melbourne time. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that will be with uh, with Annalie, who's a skin, a beauty beauty skin therapist uh, Ah. from New Zealand. Yes. And we will talk about clean beauty. Oh, I like that. Very, very, well, that's what we're trying to bring. We're really trying to bring different perspectives, bring on different topics every week from different angles so that people really get to experience the broad range of services that LASIC can offer. So we've got Emily on Clean Beauty this week and um, she will tell us, you know, why clean beauty matters and why we should worry about, or not worry, but know more about yes. um, the, the the types of um, makeup products that mm, we yes. use. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot there and I, I have spoken a little bit about that just from a nutritional perspective yes. about the toxicity of some of those things and how mm. that can play a part in everything from fertility right through to, mm-hmm. to illness as well. So, yeah, really important one. And um, so people to be able to find you, um, Mel and Kate, um, do you want to just let everybody know what the website is? Sure. Just So And so they can go there and you can scroll through the, the different areas there, um, select a round table that you might want to have a look at. Um, as, as you've mentioned there, they're free at the moment. Um, so you can get a, a look and feel for uh, the different supports that you can get there and, um, and check that out. Um, also looking on your website recently, I was just noticing some of the statistics as well. Um, you know, how women finding not being able to find the right support, that mm. up to 66% of women feel that they have nobody to talk to about their problems. Um, 87% of women agree that talking, taking an active role in their own health is, is very important. And one in six women in Australia will experience depression and one in three women will experience anxiety during their lifetime. Mm, it's uh, 46% of women report regularly feeling alone or isolated. So, you know, if we're able to in some way, um, you know, support, uh, alleviate, uh, solve some of those problems, what a wonderful thing to be doing. Absolutely. And you're really looking after the body and the mind then, aren't you, of, of women at, uh, across the spectrum? Well, that's, that's right. We don't, we don't believe that you can isolate one part of mm. your well-being. It, it is a whole. We're trying to, um, you know, empower or educate and empower women uh, through holistic care and, you know, give them all the support they need so that everything comes together from a holistic point of view. Um, so that's why we couldn't start with just one area and just focusing on mental health, which mm. was initially our focus because we okay. know that this is where women struggle the most and where they need the most support. Sure. But, you know, when um, we were developing the concept and meeting all the practitioners, that's when we really realized that it, it, women have to look after everything. It's the mind, the yes. body, the soul. Everything has an impact and has to work together and um exactly and that's mm. yep 
That's the key. That's the key to yes. health and well-being. Exactly um, right. Thank you so much for having a chat with us today. And at sh- such short notice, I, um, I just it. thought it was um, really fabulous what you're doing and really excited. And I'm also excited to be a part of that as one of the Sages nutritionists there as well. But um, hopefully we'll hear more and you can tell us about some of the upcoming events in the future. But thanks so much for your time, Kate and mm-hmm. Melissa from La Fig. Thanks a lot. All the best. Thank you for having us. Thank you, ladies. Thanks, Thank ladies. Bye. 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 And that is uh, Bad Things by Alison Wonderland. You're on a big life conversation. It is uh, nearly 20 minutes to six o'clock. Time flies here. So we've had two wonderful guests today, Sian Mitchell, who is our uh, bit of a media guru, talking about the women's um, Women in Film Festival that's coming up, and uh, Kate and Melissa from La Figue, the co-founders there and CEO um, that is putting a platform together to support women. So a lovely initiative there as well. Continuing on the health and well-being front, I thought I would talk a little bit. It is still, I guess, early in the year, although it is creeping around the corner that uh, summer might finish very soon. But, um, you know, what are your health and well-being goals for 2023? Mm. So I've got eight here that you might want to choose from um, that could be a focus. And uh, these are some of the ones that I'm looking at today. Um, Also, we know the focus along all of my goals each year is to make sure that I prioritise gut health. Yes. Um, so 2023 is that that is my personal focus. Maintaining a healthy gut microbiome is increasingly recognised as being part of important for overall health and well-being, including um, for the immune system, for digestion, and also for mental health. So if we prioritise our gut health um, and consider incorporating things like fermented foods. Uh, yogurt, kefir, sauerkraut, kimchi into your diet, as well as eating a really wide variety of fibre-rich plant-based foods to feed these beneficial bacteria in your gut. So they're the prebiotics. Um, That is a really great way to do it. In addition to reducing the consumption of added sugars, which is the thing that is you know combats that completely changes the whole acidity level and bacteria in your gut and processed foods can also do the same so help promote a healthy gut microbiome is my 2023 (laughs) goal but here's some others that you might want to tackle from a health and well-being front Uh, is it your year is 2023 your year to focus on whole and unprocessed foods So limiting all of the things that might be in a package in a machine that you might get uh, that also has, you know, packaging and environmental impacts. So aiming to make the whole foods such as fruit, veggies, whole grains, lean proteins, the foundation of your diet and not just straying from that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another one could be limited, limit those added sugars. So we do know consuming excess amounts of sugars can contribute to the weight gain and poor health, type 2 diabetes and so many other conditions. So is it just about limiting sugar this year for you? (laughs) Um, Others, I would suggest nearly all of us could do number three, which is incorporate plant-based foods. So just keeping things 
purely plant-based. Um, I'm not a proponent for going vegetarian or vegan because you do need to do that very, very well and very, very carefully yes, to get all of your nutrients. But eating a wide variety of plant-based foods, fruits, veggies, nuts, seeds, legumes, provide those all-important nutrients to help you reduce risk of chronic diseases. And at a minimum, we need the two fruits and the five veg. And the most recent study said we need about 11 veg to make it supercharged. So mm. we're, we're saying five at a minimum. Right. Um, if you can get that, try 11. That's the next number mm-hmm. I want you to think about. Uh, another one is one I also subscribe to is hydrate with water. Is it your year to keep the drink <laughs> bottle close by? Try and get your 2.2 litres or whatever is your need. Um, but close to two litres is supposed to be our ideal. Um, do you sit that throughout the day? Do you stay hydrated, focused and um keeping those cells nice and plump so they can absorb all the good nutrients in your food um, as well. Yes. Or is it your year to control portion sizes? (laughs) There's a good one. Um, Mindful eating, not just sort of eating and then realising, actually, I've had that whole packet of chips (laughs) or I've eaten the whole cake and not the slice. (laughs) Um, Even if it's good food, you know, just the volume of it. Are we eating like a side plate versus a big plate? Could we change that up um, and prevent the overeating Um, Colourful foods could be another goal, you know, just focusing on colour. Have I just eaten a whole lot of white foods today (laughs) with very little um, nutrients in it? Have I had five different colours, which is five different um, fruit and veg? And that way you get all the phytonutrients and the antioxidants as well. Um, Or is it more important to limit uh, processed foods such as the things in the machines, fats, salts, um, that can contribute to poor health uh, outcomes or just eating mindfully, taking the time to savour your food, slow down when you eat, chew well, um, pay attention to the hunger and fullness cues and avoid the distractions while eating. So if you don't have a health and wellbeing goal, maybe one of those might um, hit your uh, your little eagerness to carve something out that's very simple mm-hmm. um, because a simple goal is an easy goal is more likely to be achieved when it's something quite simple yes. that you can take little steps towards. So... Um, Think about your health and well-being in 2023. I know we set, you know, a lot of people set weight loss, weight loss goals at uh, for New Year's resolutions. Mm. I'm saying, you know, as we get into the year, what's the thing that's going to benefit you most? What's going to nourish you the most? I always ask myself, is this going to nourish me right now uh, exactly. or is this going to take away from me? Mm. So there's my little tips. Thank you for that, Nicole. Mm. Um, and I've got some tips of a different kind at the moment. I oh, bet actually, you do. Or, uh, it's a bit. Uh, I was going to say I'm, I'm a bit late with my tips, but uh, I've got to actually <laughs> actually let you know about the BAFTAs, the British Ooh, Film Awards, yes. as a prelude to the Oscars. And uh, you might be interested to know that um, our friend Austin Butler, who played Elvis Presley, uh, received it for Best Actor. <gasps> yes, I well, like well it. Well done, well done um, to Austin. And How exciting for him! Indeed, and also Kate, our Kate, 
Blanchett um, was best actress for Tar, the story of the female of, of the conductor, the musical conductor. Yes, um, I haven't the, seen that yet. I'm looking forward to it. Yes, and she's always worth watching. Our Kate. Yes, and um, or listening to, and uh, also that film which I'm dying to get to see, um, the Banshees of Inisherin. Uh, yes. They actually won an award um, for um, Barry Keegan, the Banshees of Inisherin, his best supporting actor. Um, and best supporting actress is Angela Bassett in Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Yes. Yeah, so um, there's just a few of them. But the film that actually uh, got uh, best pick is um, uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. Oh. Yeah, so that was a bit of a, a, a surprise in some quarters. It but, um, is a mm. surprise. My kids saw that latest rendition. Yes, this is the, the new um, There have been several, that's right. Very, very yeah. recently, and I didn't see it because I thought, okay, I've read it. I've studied it. Mm, yes. I have seen a version of it. And it still ends very unhappily. <laughs> well, it's not, a, it's, not a, it's not a pretty story. And it's not sadly, a pretty story. it's all still terribly relevant. Young men going off to war. I think is. it's going to be a fantastic adventure. And uh, not aware of the, uh, not envisaging the horrors. And uh, as I say, sadly today, still terribly relevant. So, um, yeah. So, anyway, maybe that's also what helped it uh, win the award. But anyway, you can check that all out um, online. And... Uh, of course, our Oscars are coming up very soon too. Yes. Do we have any nominations there? Are there any Aussie nominations or any Australian? I think there are some, but I haven't got my fingertips. I haven't got them on my fingertips, but I'm hoping that our guest next week, next Ooh. Monday, um, Dr. Jess Bezlang Zatagi will be yes. telling us um, what uh, we might be able to expect. Uh, in fact, it is. Yes. It, I imagine she will probably come with Oscars in mind, mm. given that that is looming. Um, so I'm looking forward to hearing those and also trying to make sure that I watch up on a couple of them beforehand because we have a bit of a, a bit of a betting thing going oh, yes, on with yes, my book club. Right. Um, so I look forward to that as well. Mm. So, yeah. And also another mystery guest will be joining us next week too. So. That's right. A couple of mystery guests. Well, one mystery guest. And, um, and Dr. Jess. Dr. Jess, yes. who is going to be joining us. For um, this year, mm. yes, first time for the year and um, hopefully every month from then on. And as you know, Dr. Jess likes a little bit of horror in her, that's her favourite genre. Um, but she is um, uh, a PhD in media and she is uh, a, a doctor and also a um, lecturer at RMIT. So mm. um, she has a lot of knowledge in that space. So looking forward to having her on board and, as I said, yes, another mystery guest. Indeed. All right, let's have a tune. Um, it is 15 minutes to 6 o'clock. After us, I believe we have primary perspectives that are going to be joining us, um, joining you next, not us next. <laughs> um, but we'll have a couple of tunes. We've got a few things to finish off with before we finish our show today and a few little promos as well. You're in Big Life Conversation with Nicole and Barbara on 3WBC 94.1 FM. And that was the lovely... The late, great George Harrison. And uh, we were just talking off here, weren't we, Nicole, about how, of course, he wrote that wonderful song and sang it. Um, and I do like that version, but we also like Shirley Bassey's version too. It is. <laughs> yes. a, it's a good song and she's got a great voice yes. as well, but that's a, a really nice one. It is. 
Um, I have a little promo for you all to listen to. We are on a quest for a new station engineer. Mm. Attention, attention to all listeners <laughs> and friends of 3WBC 94.1 FM. <laughs> Our community radio station needs a new station engineer. This volunteer position requires the applicant to be familiar with all aspects of radio broadcasting. Training is available in our well-appointed studios. Why not join our friendly team of volunteers? For further information, please email peter.mason, P-E-T-E-R dot mason, M-A-S-O-N, at 3wbc.org.au. We would love to hear from you. Um, So Peter Mason can... uh, uh, you know, depart really. <laughs> Sad to say, it's a hard act to follow. We, we but don't yes. want him to depart, but <laughs> I believe right. he's heading off and retiring and travelling and all of those mm, wonderful things he will be as missed. well. So he will definitely be missed as well. But we've got a few little bits and pieces. It's um, five minutes to six o'clock, and just before the news and primary perspectives. Um, don't forget the little recipe that is on Facebook page, mm-hmm. the stir-fry Hokian noodles with <laughs> chilli sauce. Um, it is a really easy recipe and a really yummy one. I'm not going to read through that because everyone's just going to be salivating <laughs> after they do so. But if you like chilli and garlic and you want something simple um, with some noodles and some veggies, um and some ginger. Uh, it's a very simple recipe and it can be just veggies or you could add your own chicken to it as well. So check that out. Mm, delish. And also uh, worth checking out. And by the way, happy happy 90th birthday to Yoko Ono, the Saturday, the of 18th course. of February. Yes. Yes, while we were talking about um, uh, the late, great George Harrison. Yes, so she's uh, still kicking on is Yoko. Um, and also I want to remind people about um, the Melbourne Shakespeare Company. Uh, we know that we've got um, an, the Aaron Naves production of Macbeth, don't we? We do with Coming our lovely Christina Costigan in that, who is friend of the show, mm. part of Baggage Productions. But uh, That's yes, coming up at the finishing up this week is nothing. It Saturday. is on every night, I believe, this yes, week at the meat and market. Finishing um, on Saturday, yes, at the, the meat markets in, in North Melbourne. So. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, get along to see that one, a 80s kind of version of the production and exactly. a lot of fun. So right. um, uh, get along to see that one if you can. Mm-hmm. So that's actually that's Saturday the 25th, that's right. And also opening, speaking of Shakespeare, opening on, on February the 25th uh, in Central Park in Melbourne is the Melbourne Shakespeare's uh, Company's production of The Tempest. Ooh. So we're, we're having a wonderful um, cavalcade of Shakespearean productions. We are, and, aren't we? Yes, yeah, very lucky. And that's running until the 12th of March. So check out their website for more details about that. And our favourites, one of our favourite uh, local groups too, of course, is the Malvern Theatre Company with uh, their first production for the year. Um, and that is Ladies' Day by Amanda Whittington. And it's the story of um, the lives of uh, um, fish filleting foursome Pearl, Jan, Shelley and Linda. Um, but, and they're out actually after the races to have a, have a bit of a fun day out. Um, but their fortunes are set to change. And so that sounds rather intriguing. So check out the website for more details about that. And that is running through um, for uh, until the 4th of March. Oh, that's a nice one to get along to as well. Mm. So we love the Malvern Theatre Company and um, tend to, to head down there because it's a local and it's a nice one uh, to it's get along to and uh, support the local community productions as well. So exactly. I know we enjoy that a lot. Um, and as we mentioned 
Earlier we have um, Jess Belengzatagi joining us next week who is our guru in cinema and screen and she'll probably have a whole set of things that we need to go and have a look at. Uh, so we like to put our list together there, particularly around Oscars, I imagine, mm-hmm. will be the topic of discussion as well along with our mystery guest. Indeed. And don't forget uh, next week we'll probably go into more details about the Comedy Festival oh. which we're starting up next month. I like that. Mm. We like to get along to the Comedy Festival. If you need a bit of cheering up and a bit of joy, (laughs) uh, Comedy Festival is a good way to do that, a nice one as well. Just a little moment of um, interest that I cottoned on to recently is I've tested out the um, uh, chat GPT, artificial intelligence, to help me with a few little things. And um, what I asked it to do is um, write me a little promo for my Saturday morning show. And I thought I'll check it out and see what the listeners think. So um, if you're interested in all things nutrition, Food for Thought is on this Saturday. Um, And so I thought this one was quite good. Get ready to nourish your mind, body and soul with Food for Thought, the ultimate feel-good nutrition program. Join us every second Saturday at 8am for the latest nutrition news, expert tips, mouth-watering recipes, inspiring stories, stories and special guests that will leave you feeling satisfied and informed. Whether you're a foodie, health enthusiast or just looking to improve your well-being, we've got everything for you uh, to create a healthy and happy lifestyle. So tune in to Food for Thought on 3WBC's 94.1 for your weekly dose of food for the soul. So artificial intelligence, ask them a question. It's not bad, Nicole. I didn't mm. mind that at all. I'd like to own that for myself. <laughs> I can only own that I asked the question. A <laughs> um, little bit more exciting than Google. Exactly. Well done. That's a good news story. It is a good yes. news story. So artificial intelligence can help us for some of those <laughs> tricky wordings. Um, and I thought that was a nice one. Uh, a big thank you to our guests that we've had on today. Um, we very much appreciate your time and energy, Sian Mitchell from the Women in Film um, uh, Festival that's about to begin, and um, Melissa and Kate from La Fig supporting women. So, um, as we said, we'll see you next week. Uh, we- got the news next have a great week everyone take care watch out for that hot spell at the end of the week (laughs) (laughs) watch out for the weather stay cool um and we'll bring some great tunes again next week so bye for now ciao